So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. With Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors. And welcome back to the second hour. We're going to get right back into our conversation with Maggie and Ellen with the Aqua Skiers here in Wisconsin Rapids. Excellent. Sounds good. Let's get started. I'm just always impressed that they can do this. I think as, as a parent, I would not want to have my child be part of a pyramid. I mean, just kind of watching that. Like, for me, it's very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, mm. uh, I, I, I think you're with a whole lot of mothers that feel a, a bit uncomfortable about it. But um, if you trust the guys underneath you're there. You're in good. I've hands. never really. Those girls are in good hands. We we I wouldn't would put up a pyramid, no. you know, yeah. with a bunch of guys that couldn't do it. No. And it's there, always no. interesting to see them do the tricks and stuff like that. Because I'm like, wow, okay, that's really good. I cannot water ski to probably save my life. So it's kind of fun to watch them mm-hmm. do it. And it's just watching those pyramids. It's like, okay, I can handle a three person pyramid. That's like super easy. That's super safe. Anything past that, it's like, okay. Um, I would tap out. That's really tall. That is very tall. tall. They go five high. (laughs) They go five high. That's that's getting kind of typical as a five high. Everybody does four highs. Even the smaller teams do a four high now. Five highs are a lot of teams are doing those now too. Mm -hmm. Then they add on to the sides. Yep, and I've seen the the big one, the metal, and then then the the two two smaller ones ones on the side. So they can take up, I don't know how, over fifty people. Oh yeah, way all over. Sometimes more than that. You know, behind one boat to Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, yeah, especially so. now with boats and motors yes, getting bigger. Yes. So, mm-hmm. right. um, I really think it's it's interesting, like any sort of sport or junior a- athletics, ambulance. Mm. But they, uh, it really teaches that, you know, there are certain things that are not safe, but now we can teach you how to mitigate those risks. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, You're right. those big yeah. life lessons like that. You're right. And you'll notice that the, at the state tournament, the tournament announcer will be saying, don't try this at home. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go to your local team, work with them to do it right. Because this isn't something that you can just do try at home. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, you know, another part of the safety thing that goes on there. But hopefully Curtis will be back with the safety. Oh, of course. Oh, of Curtis course he will be back be. with the safety. Yes. <laughs> this is his favorite place to, to be. <laughs> He's such a hoot. Uh, I remember him the first time he came. Everybody's just like, who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, he's now nah, like, everybody Curtis. knows Curtis. Everybody knows him. <laughs> and then you also hear on the, the um, announcement so time with Mark Roberts. Mm-hmm. Who's Mark Roberts? Who is Mark Roberts? Oh, uh-huh. he, he was an announcer that we've had for many years. He started out announcing with a local uh, Fremont team. And, uh, and then he came to state. And I don't know how many, he did it for many, many years. But um, hasn't in the past few because of what? Um, yeah, he, he had, had some health. He had okay. some, some throat, um, problems. Uh, throat problems that um, he can't talk for maybe an hour. You Ooh. know, you know he, not all he, day long. No. And, but he always comes. He always shows up sometime during the tournament to come watch you know, yeah. and visit. Yeah, we've actually had him uh, go in for the tournament announcer that's working that year just to announce the aqua skiers. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. He comes yeah. because he is a good friend of ours. Oh. A lot of good memories. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of good, lots memories, of good from, memories from the tournament. Yes, we have lots. <laughs> I think that um, the kids, you know, as they grow up, that's the reason that they come back. They come back to see their it's friends. It's nice to see like the, the second, third generation mm-hmm. of yeah. people who come back, who do it. You know, the ones that started off at three, they've gone through. Now they're having kids, and yeah. you just get to see that yeah. generational of you see that in all the teams. long, you know, long term yeah. family that's been doing this. Yeah. What was the TV show we did last year? The what? The TV show that we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, w- I didn't we, see last we've year's had tournament. So many themes along the I missed it. Um, um, no, this was a, a show that came in. Oh, Small town, big deal. Oh, the, oh, that team, yeah. All right. It was it was a production company that came in and filmed here, oh, and then wow. and then put it on TV. Oh, you can look it oh, up. Okay, yeah. yeah. Small, Small town, town big, big deal. deal. Mm-hmm. And they did it on the tournament. Mm-hmm. They came. They were here in what for, three, four days, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It was about three. It was days. really. They did it very well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was really. It's really great. Uh, they. Um, 
talked to, I, I worked with them the whole weekend and they, they talked to everybody they possibly could. And when you brought up, it was nice to see the generations mm-hmm. of the families. Um, they had one family that we had five generations still all skiing together. Oh, wow. Or involved somehow or in a boat or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, in, you know, they talked to them and they talked to, they talked to Shermalot a lot, um, which was really nice because Shermalot won D2 last year. So it was a pretty mm-hmm. big deal. And, and they kind of focused on them a little bit. So that was really great but to see th- that. That's another reason why it, it highlights the community. Mm-hmm. That was on TV. You know, that was, you know, high, the community is highlighted and noted, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's a landmark kind of, you know. And you guys practice over on the Barren Flowage, correct? When you guys get to the water or do you practice right on Lake Wazicha? We are practicing on Lake Wazicha. Um, okay. Two years ago when Barren started doing their program out there. In development, um, yeah. Um, we couldn't ski out there. Okay. Uh, so last year we could have, but we didn't have a dock out there. And it, well, yeah, we didn't have a dock out there. This year we will have a dock out there and there might be some practicing going on, but most of our team practices will happen at Lake Wazicha. I, I think that they're cutting down the days um, of practice that they're going to do. They'll do, well, the Sunday night show for sure. And then probably Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and then be done. So. Okay. And that'd be interesting to watch. Practice. Yeah. The practice. Practices are actually quite fun to watch if it's a productive <laughs> practice. So you know how that goes with practice. Uh, some are, some aren't. Um, but, you know, they'll do show run-throughs every, every now and again. And those are the fun ones to catch because then you can catch the, okay, let's stop it here. That one didn't go so well, you know. Um, so that's, yeah, it is a lot of fun. And it's different water being over on the river than mm-hmm. it is at the lake, too. It handling and just mm-hmm. uh, there's so many different dynamics with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the river can get really pretty windy. Really windy. windy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the lake can too nowadays, but uh, mm-hmm. the river can get. I, I know that uh, a couple of times they just call practice because the wind was too high when we practice there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's always then we then they dance. Then they do the land things, that kind of thing. Yes. Because there's choreography and everything now in the show productions these days, or every team. There's a lot of dances to learn, and even boat drivers dance. Right? Mm-hmm. Which, she which is funny. that. <laughs> Funniest part. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen started that, truthfully. She was the first one that had the boat drivers hop yep. out of the boats yep. and, and dance, and then all of a sudden everybody else kind of went, oh. Well, at, the end, cool. at the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she also started the uh, jump teams mm-hmm. dancing, the guys too. dancing, yep. Yeah. The jump the guys team. dancing. They, you know, yeah. guys usually come in and wave it off, and away they go. And Ellen said, "No, I think I think we're all going to stay on stage." And yeah. what was it? It wasn't too. They didn't go over too good for, when I first started, but by the end, no, they were having they, a blast. they were having fun. They were, and that's the way it is, you know. Was that Robin Hood? Robin Hood, we did Men in Tights. Okay. Did, you know, yeah. I've never seen that movie, but anyway, we did that and they, they had fun. You know, it was now they, I don't do it anymore. I'm not the show director or, or do it, but I say, why aren't you dancing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. Yeah. Judges like it. Yeah. The crowd loves it. Get crowd everybody loves involved. It, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. A- any other. Overview or comments you'd like to put out to the public and support about the, uh, the aqua skiers or skiing in general? It's a great organization and does a lot for your community and and definitely come out on Sundays to yeah. to take a peek. Yeah, definitely yeah. come out on Sundays to take a peek. Like I said, the the first show is the first Sunday of June, six thirty. Uh, we will have food trucks. We'll have those advertised beforehand so you know who's going to be out there. I know for sure that there is going to be King Cone out there. So bring the kids out for some ice cream and a show. Shows are free. Excellent. I, you know, just come. The, there's bleachers there that you can sit on or bring a chair or bring a blanket um, and watch a show. Excellent. Yeah, yes. I like the idea of, you know, ice cream on Sunday afternoon. Have over dinner. at the lake. Yeah. I'm in a nice little <laughs> walk over there. We live a half mile from the lake. So, I mean, it's a good walk three miles to go eat some ice cream and walk three miles home to walk it off. So I think this is a win-win. 
I think it's one of the the big draws of that Lake Wazicha area, not mm-hmm. just being at the lake for everything else, but now you have access to this sort of entertainment mm-hmm. that, you know, get away from the television and mm-hmm. go out and see some local yeah. activities. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, be a part of it, like you said. And you can watch from either side of the lake. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, if you're not too worried about seeing what's going on on stage or if you don't mind watching it from the back, you know, you can watch it from the other side of the lake. I have. Um, the sound is always still really good because sound carries very well over water. Mm-hmm. Um, so ride your bike around the lake and have stop here cream. and go there and stop there. And, you know, you, you kind of got a nice, nice evening going. And they're looking for members. So come and join the fun. They would. They, there's something yep. for anybody to do, and families are welcome, and individuals are welcome, and they really are looking for members now. And and like we said, even support staff. Yes, so you don't there's necessarily all kinds have of things to, you can do. Yeah, if you're a single person or just a couple without any kids, and you know doesn't don't want to ski, there's still a lot of stuff that can be done with the team. So, all right. Well, Maggie and Ellen, thank you for being on. This was so much fun. Well, thank you for having us. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, we really appreciate it. Okay, so that was really fun having having them on with the Aqua Skiers. It is. It's always a great weekend here in town. I know that in the past, you and I, we worked over at the Hotel Maid during Water Ski Show Weekend, and it was always a blast on that end of it as well. And now that we're no longer in the hospitality business, we are able to go and partake in some of these events throughout the area. And not have to clean up an entire hotel after all of these shenanigans and events and lighthearted fun and red sand everywhere. (laughs) And especially the red sand. And it is, it is very true. I mean, we do send, you know, our buyers or sellers out there and, and just to kind of take a look at the red sand because it's kind of unique. And we always do warn them of you step on it, you will be red for, for a while and it'll be red wherever you walk for like the next couple of days. In your shoes, in the car, in mm-hmm. the house, in your neighbor's house, at your place of work. Yes. And and you'll be opening up your purse or your pockets and you'll be like, why is this red sand here? I was like, oh, yeah, because I visited Wazicha. Right. Okay, it's it's not that bad. That's the running joke, though. It, it is. It very much is. It's almost as good as the Florida sand of don't touch the phone if you're at the beach. Well, Florida sand is a nice powdery sand. Red yes. sand is a little bit more granular than it that. It is. Um, and there's kind of a mixed feeling with people living around Lake Wazicha during that weekend. Mm-hmm. And it is a long weekend. I mean, they start setting up well in advance of that. Right. I know uh, our rescue on the opposite side of the lake did, does their setup like Tuesday, Wednesday, so that they're ready for the individual um, performers to come through. Right. And again, the Wood County Rescue, that's all volunteers. So they're volunteering mm-hmm. their time out there for the four days and really probably four and a half days by the time that they set their side up. So that way they're prepared and they're ready to go. So again, all those volunteers who go out there to help service this event. And then all their training ahead of time as well, because doing the water rescue, um, they have specific vehicles that are upfitted just for that. They've got two wave runners, Mm -hmm. um, some other small watercraft and larger watercraft too that they have at their disposal. And they start training, uh, geez, probably March or April in, in, in the pool. Yep. And then right out to the river and doesn't really matter how cold it is because that's also one of their other services is to do water rescue during times of ice or, you know, people off the bridge, maybe off the walking path, they stumble and take a sidestep, all those other little incidents. Mm-hmm. And there's rescue people or there's, we're going we're gonna to rescue. Mm-hmm. Rescue. On the north side. And then on the south side, on the Red Sands itself, we always have the ambulance ambulance service. I believe United Ambulance also volunteers their time over there. So that way they can take care of the spectators on that side of the lake as well. I'm not sure how that exactly functions, but yes, there there are at least EMTs over there and ready on standby. Yes, for the spectators, but certainly for the um, participants, Mm -hmm. for the skiers, because my, my goodness, something goes sideways and having that first line of care for 
the the people who are injured from the water is yeah is time is essential yep yeah so it's it's an asset to our community it's great that we can host it mm-hmm. and it is the world's largest tournament of tournaments yes and i'm really excited about the sunday nights i think mm-hmm. that'll be a, a fun thing to put on the calendar it's just you know instead of taking that walk at six o'clock in the morning i'll probably be changing that up to maybe later in the evening and part of the history is also fun i like the local history mm-hmm. um and i've been around the ski tournament on that backside that that rescue side or doing security with the grand rapids uh Law enforcement explorer post before that, so I've been around this for twenty eight years, roughly, like more than half my life. So it, it's always had a little bit of a different. I've seen a different side of it than most people do, right? You know? um, and got to work with Jack Luke's back in the day. Um, he has since passed, I believe, but he's also a ham radio operator. Okay. So we had that kind of connection. Was one of my hobbies is with the amateur radio. Yeah. So we did uh, storm spotting and whatnot for them. And that's an, remember we had our ham radio um, buddies on as for our hobby week last year, one of the podcasts. Yes. So, yeah, it's it really is ingrained in the community. And it's fun to bring new people into that realm and say, you're, you're not just here in this wonderful community, you know, Rapids and Nakusa and Plover even, Saratoga and all of our small towns and communities but now you've got this as one of the entertainment assets yes yep i'm looking forward to summer carrie so am i let's get it here again i'm hoping for the green green grass by st patty's day we'll see they're they're not going to be out skiing on the lake by then no but i keep my fingers crossed it's my hope every year some years it comes true and some years not so much so if someone does want to purchase a house here in our fantastic wisconsin rapids area are there houses available? There are. So last week, as we always go through this every single week with you, with y'all, and um, last week it was 18 homes, but it has jumped up to 21 homes to go take a look at in all price ranges. I, I think springtime is, you know, we're, we're doing first spring mm-hmm. before our second winter. <laughs> Okay, so there's our Lord of the Rings reference. So just in right. case you you haven't caught on, um, yes, there's always that fake spring. And I think we had that today with the 44 degrees. So again, it's on Wednesday, um, February 16th at about 6.30 in the evening. So, but we got 21 homes and it was 44 degrees outside. So, you know, again, it's getting that kind of that mindset of it's warmer, mm-hmm. let's get the house ready. Let's put it up on the market today and let's do this. And we saw this trend, I believe last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a fairly mild winter, just like the one that we're having last year right? and this year. And it, it really got that springtime market jazzed up earlier than we would seasonally see it. Like when you started back in 2017. Right. It was far different. Right. We see that spring market really happen end of April, beginning of May. We're now seeing that in end of February, beginning of March. Right. One of the big questions that people always tend to ask is timing. Mm-hmm. And you haven't missed your window for being able to sell your home and get the equity out of it that you might not know you have in the first place. Right. But also time of the year, it's not too late. It's not too early right now. It's a really good time. But if you still feel that you aren't ready and need to wait a few more weeks, that's okay too. You know, and that's the nice thing is that came out of COVID, I can honestly say, is COVID really taught us that we can sell homes no matter what time of the year it is. Right. You know, it people still need to move. You know, people are still moving there. They want to move into the area. They're tired of renting. And so they want to finally buy, you know, whatever is motivating those people to get off the bench and kind of get into the game is that's their time. So again, you know, we don't say, okay, well, you have to do it by this time. Your window is when you want to create that window. We'll help you get off the bench and get into the game, whether you're going to buy or whether or not you're going to sell. And we can help you through that. And do you see that the buyers are becoming more active? We are starting to see buyers more active. Again, we have that conversation with you is this is a game of patience. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. 
because we're going to go look at the homes as soon as they come on the market. We're going to write that offer and then we're going to wait to see what happens. If we don't get the offer, then we're going to go back and kind of go, okay, what else can we go see and do that again, that hurry up and wait. And it's a little bit of a game of patience. And I know it's really hard as a buyer. We've been buyers of we're going to be out of a house here pretty soon. We put our house up on the market with no plan of where we're going to go. And we were in that same boat of, oh, shoot, we're three weeks away from closing. We need a house. Now, it's it's not always recommended that people do that. You know, just throw it out on the market and trust in the Lord that something's going to pop up. It, it's It's a little nerve wracking. It is. But it can be a way to go. It can be. Um, and we've also seen buyers or excuse me, sellers be creative with supplemental housing in between that time of sale and purchase. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's possible. It is possible. Um, I always kind of put out there, especially kind of the May time of the year, if you got a camper, you got year round camping. So you're going to sell. You're not sure where you're going to go. If you want to extend that season of looking you know, you can always go camping for, for the summer months. Um, I've only had one family take advantage of that idea. The other ones kind of look at me like, mm, no, thank you. I want to make sure I have a home. Right. So we'll, we'll help you through that. You know, whether or not you're going to be couch surfing with the in-laws for a little while. Um, there's a lot of opportunities as far as listing and selling the home. And some people I've even heard they have realized how much equity they do have built up in their house. Mm-hmm. That sale happens and they take a complete life change and it just works out that instead of looking for a house here, we can refer them to an agent somewhere in a different state. Right. And and they find themselves a different life altogether and, you know, something that they dreamed about. It It's amazing what can happen sometimes. Yes. Um, and I will say we had some recent conversations with a couple local lenders. And at at this stage of real estate, we always, always say, talk to your financing um, outlet first, mm-hmm. because there are so many options. There there might be a, a deferred option where they'll cover that kind of bridge area between the closing of one and the purchase of another. So get that straightened out, kind of get get an idea of how that can work first. Um, and then we can really launch with a plan into your, your home sale and purchase and the real estate endeavors after that. Right. You know, it's where I was like, when you start with the lender first, you know, that way we're definitely looking in that correct price range because that's the other key thing is, you know, we want to make sure you're looking in your correct price range. Mm-hmm. You know, you may be thinking, oh, I can do 120. But talking with the lender, you may be a little bit higher than that. You might be able to go up to, you know, to 175, which would give you a different style of home and a different quality of home. Or it could be on the flip side where you really need to be in that 70, 80,000. And now we're looking too far above your budget. Right. And we'd hate for someone to fall in love with a home and then find out they can't afford it. And so much of that depends on your income stream, excuse me, and what the particular lender is going to qualify for different things at. And, you know, anybody can go on the internet and try to find what their mortgage calculator is Mm -hmm. and think, oh, well, I plug these numbers in, plug that number in, you know, I'm definitely qualified for this or or not for that level, but you don't know. Right. You know, and, and as real estate agents, that's not our ball of wax. We're kind of involved in the process because we have to be, but we don't know what that the secondary market or the underwriters are actually looking for. And it changes. And and we've we've talked with um loan officers and they're even astonished how fast that the underwriting and all those other participants, you know, the government is putting through different changes here and there and the nuances and minutiae of it, it's it's ever changing. It's very fluid. Right. They have a hard time keeping up with it sometimes too. Yes. So we, we can, we can start, but, uh, I do remember some of our conversations from even 2018, 2019. And we, you know, we used to advise start with us or start with the bank, but now it's almost start with the bank, always with the bank start. Yeah. 
I mean, we're, we're happy to show you homes, but we definitely want to get you into working with a lender. That way, what we're doing is in the correct price range. Right. Um, we're also seeing people who are using non-conventional sorts of you know, what people normally think of with, oh, you, you get a traditional mortgage and it's 30 years and it's a fixed rate mm-hmm. and you've got a W-2 job, maybe at the paper mill or whatever, it doesn't matter. And it's really changed now um, different types of income streams. Right. And it, well, it, even your line of credit. Right. You know, that was one thing that we talked with a lender here fairly recently. You know, you always think right away first, okay, well, I've got to have a line of credit. You know, I need a, I need a good credit score. Um, I believe it was 640 is where they would like to see lenders be at. Um, see, and, and that changes too. Right. And that changes, you know, depending upon the loan program. But, you know, if sometimes they can use what they're considering non-traditional credit line. Mm-hmm. So like your cell phone bill, your water bill, the electric bill, you know, something that, that shows that, yes, you are making payments on time. So that way they can kind of track a little bit of, yes, you're going to be a good person to work with as far as lending you money. So there's definitely a lot of different options out there. I think banks are, I don't want to say call it creative financing, but they're starting to see that they need to look at different different types of cr- line of credit and then also different income streams because, you know, we do so much on the internet. Right. And through the magic of internet, people have supplemented their traditional normal income by other means, which mm-hmm. is really cool. They can diversify, they can um, make some money from their hobbies, you know, right. uh, what that, um, or they've found like that, that income stream they put into investments that maybe they can purchase against. I mean, the, the options are quite endless and we're not bankers. We don't know how that all works, but we know that there are possibilities. Uh, many people might even not think that they qualify. And so they think that they're stuck in a rental. And if that brings them angst, just because it, of, of that social economic um, thought process, mm-hmm. uh, which there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, some people have a little bit of angst about it, mm-hmm. which is normal. We're human. Right. Getting to the bank and finding out just where you are, that also helps create a plan for the future in general. Right. So the other thing that we always like to talk about, that's always close to my heart, is vacant land. Oh, I thought it was the food stuff set. Okay. Yeah. So food stuff, definitely. And vacant land. But vacant land. So vacant land, again, um, a lot more uh, different options out there. We've got 137. Okay. I think last week, I think we were at like 140. It's It's been hovering around this. Yeah, it's been been hovering around that 140 mark. And again, these are all different size lots. We got some small ones. We've got, this is going to cover acreage yet too on top of it. And again, the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we have seen a lot lately of coming on the market is more vacant land because they're not making any more dirt. Right. And it's all been accounted for. Right. It's all been accounted for. So we're, we're seeing a lot more of vacant land coming up and we've even seen a lot more buyers kind of frustrated with not enough homes. Right. So, Hey, you know what? I want to buy where I want to live and then I can work towards building that house, that dream home. And they're turning it into their forever home. Mm-hmm. So which is really great. We love working with people with vacant land because it's a blank slate. We can go out there and we can kind of dream of this would be a really cool, wouldn't you love to wake up to the sunrise over this lake and building a snowman. Or over this golf course. Right. Or over the golf course. Um, I did this weekend. I had two little kids looking at vacant land. Okay. With the parents, of course. But, you know, that's what the, while the parents are talking, uh, the kids were building a snowman. Okay. On a piece of vacant land that they're like, got to do something. So they built a snowman. So it was kind of fun to just kind of watch them. And the parents are just kind of looking at it going, this is what I want. I want my kids to be able to come here and just have a good time and be kids and enjoy this lake. So a lot of great things happen when you're doing vacant land. And we got to see some deer Mm -hmm. and some geese. And then, you know, to, to keep with the theme from this week, if you're looking at that and 
adventures and things to do. Maybe you want to be involved with water activities such as the aqua skiers. Right. Right. right? Uh-huh. Um, that's a way to get involved with those types of things, but you don't have to live on the lake. No. But still you can be involved with lake style activities mm-hmm. and maybe not even have to drive too far or whatnot. Right. So, yeah, I mean, this is a great family to to be sitting down and kind of chatting with and having that that dream of what is your goal? And I think even when we work with buyers who are trying to buy a home, finding out that goal is the most important part of it is, you know, if we're going to buy a piece of vacant land, do you want to be able to come throughout the years while you're working on, on building? Do you want to be able to come and have a picnic at your at your site? Do you want to be able to camp on your site until you can afford to build? Finding out those fun things too will also help direct where you're going to look. Because sometimes looking at something online and you're like, oh, this is, you know, a beautiful sunset or a beautiful sunrise. Sometimes we can't tell what time of the day it is, but the sun is pretty. The lake is wonderful. But then when we start looking at those covenances and restrictions is where kind of a new light bulb comes on of, Oh, yeah. If we're not going to build in five years, during those first five years, do we want to be able to come to this? Do we, you know, how do we want to use our land for those first five years? Right. Um, And it's it's a product of us being real estate salespeople, and we have a salesperson license, which is Mm -hmm. what it's called. And so our job as real estate agents is to market a property with the best foot forward. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking to sell your property, that's one thing that we definitely do do. But also with the buyers is understanding that there are behind the scenes things and we can start helping you navigate like those covenants and restrictions. Um, we're not necessarily experts at those and disseminating how that legally fits into things, but we can provide you with them and um, kind of go through some general thought process of reading it through with you and maybe... Mm-hmm. Somebody just understands it a little bit differently with another person in the room. Right. And, you know, you may not think of that of, okay, we're not going to build for another five years. You're still going to have this piece of property. You know, do you want to be able to go take a look at it? Do you want to be able to have a picnic out there or a party? or? And then we give you the, the covenants and restrictions for that association in that area. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, well, we can't. Or and or things like if we start building, then it has to be completed within eighteen months. Right. Or once like you start clearing the land. Oh, right, right. You know, you need to. Or from the time of I read one um, just recently, it was from the time of close. Mm-hmm. That as soon as you closed on the property, you had two years to build a home. Right. So you had to build within two years of buying this this piece of property. So if your plan wasn't to build for another five years, this particular property would not fit what you're looking at doing. Yep. And we can get you in touch with legal counsel to help navigate those exact details Mm -hmm. um, because those are all extra contract bits that um, we aren't necessarily skilled at, but we know who is. Right. Right. So just having those, those fun conversations of, you know, what, what is your plan? I mean, we always ask our buyers, so do you have to host Thanksgiving? You know, most people don't think of that, of, oh, yeah, I guess we're going to have to host Thanksgiving. Okay, cool. How many people would that be? Oh, now we've got to do a party of 20 people. Is this house going to fit a home for doing 20 people? Is there a possible way to fit 20 people in this home? Sure. You know, and, or it's, you know, hey, you, you have one child now. So what happens when you have two or three? You know, is this house going to be big enough for you to grow into versus, hey, we want to get out of the apartment where we feel we're on top of each other. Well, so we find a small home, you know, that's already, a, you know, a, a thousand foot square foot home. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now we're adding a second child in there or a third, you know, and it's like, are, are you going to outgrow this home quicker than if we find you something that's, you know, we look at something that's, you know, 1500 square feet with the option of finishing a basement. And we let you as the purchaser really navigate and tell us what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that conversation, we can really um, select through and say, all right, well, these 
two-bedroom homes probably aren't going to fit your needs, but maybe we need something, at least three bedrooms, with the possibility of adding more. And then we have to look at perhaps septic issues, depending on what location you as the buyer want to be in. Right. Um, Size of home overall, style of home, upper and lower, you know, that. You know, and this is one of the great things of why you work with a real estate agent is because we're going to ask you these questions. We're not asking to, you know, start fights with husbands and wives. We're we're not looking at trying to do that, but it's just, we want to make sure that you are buying the house that's going to fit what you, what your goal is going to be. And the last thing we want to see is just to hurry up and rush you into a home. And then you find out six months later down the road that you are back to the apartment style living of you're just on top of everyone and it's just isn't working. You need to have that bigger home. And now we've got to list the home. Now we got to sell a home in order to buy the next one where if we just would have waited just a little bit to have those good conversations of do some homework of, okay, yeah, do we want to host Thanksgiving? Do we want to host Christmas? Maybe there's some cultural aspects of it where, you know, this is something that we, my family always does. And we need to be able to fit all of our family, all the extended family into the home for, you know, a wedding or things like that, that would, you know, kind of generate large quantities of people. We have options. Right. That's right. We have options and we're, we're here to help kind of walk through some of those things. So that way, you know, we make sure we find the home that fits you perfectly. Or as close as we can, because there, there's always compromise there with, is, with it too. Right. There are some days that we do need to do that compromise of, you know, maybe we don't have the office. Maybe the office gets put downstairs so that way we can have a playroom on the main floor. I have a perfect place for the office in the closet. Not in the closet. Office. Nope. It's, nope. Run, it's going to be the running joke. I know it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love my sequins and, you know, right? frilly dresses from I, way back in the day. Well, you can use them when, when you get involved with the aqua skiers. Yes. See, show team, sequins, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Right. Um, I've got another fun event that's going to be coming up that I think of um, frilly dresses. Mardi Gras? Um, no. So the VFW is going to be doing a, um, a weekend to honor vets. Okay. And it's going to be May 21st. And it's going to be over at the VFW. We're going to have Sean come on to our podcast. Ooh, I've already good. talked to him about this, but I want him to talk about this. They are going to have some of the tanks out there. They're going to have the National Guard come out with the little obstacle course. He's got a lot of fun things planned, but it's May 21st. And um, I'm kind of talking him into letting me be the poppy princess. So I may have to find a sparkly dress and he's going to find me a tiara and a sash. So that way I can go help um, do the poppies again. Seeing how I'm a poppy princess and it'd be kind of fun to go back into the glory days and walk around and hand out some poppies. (laughs) There's so much to look forward to this summer. I know. So that's kind of like your your little tiny drop of some fun things that are going to be happening this year that I already blocked off. That whole entire day. Mm-hmm. So that way I can be over at the VFW. And I'm really trying to talk Sean into letting me be the poppy princess. And I think he's almost on board with it. So I got to go find a, a frilly dress. All right. So what else do we have with real estate in our market? Um, that's it so far, unless we want to go deeper into something. Um, talking about compromise. Okay. Okay. With, you know, we look at houses and one style is to have a purchase of a house that's currently built. Mm-hmm. It's been used, right? occupied previously, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and it's very, very difficult to, unless it's serendipitous, serendipitously, that you'll find a house that is exactly perfect for you right away. So that's something that a lot of people hopefully realize after the first two or three houses, especially in this fast-paced market. Mm-hmm. So what are you willing to live with, live without? And we can help, again, navigate that. Yep. But also with the vacant land conversation that we've had and maybe even even building, you have to start looking at compromises as what can you afford and what can you put on a specific size property in a specific location. Right. Um, and understanding a lot of that gets your builder involved with that ahead of time. And then 
if you have the building evolved, we can then find the land that it can fit on. Right. Right. And your builder can help you navigate through what requirements you have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, for instance, even, you know, a, a same size piece of property that requires a septic needs to be bigger because you need to have a septic field versus something where it's municipal sewer and water. Correct. And we've we've also had now instance with the uh, price of building. Mm-hmm. So understanding how to navigate that with your builder and how prices with materials are fluctuating or, or are available. So all those timelines are other things to consider as well. So there's compromise even with building your quote dream home brand new. Right. This yeah. is why real estate is so fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've really been enjoying it. All right. So do we have our stage style and blogged? The National Association of Realtors provides us with this wonderful blog called Styled, Staged, and Sold. And it's all about styling the home so you can stage it well and help us sell it. All right. Excellent. Styled, staged, and sold. And I like it because it kind of gives me a little bit of decorating ideas Mm -hmm. as far as what I should or should not be doing with remodel projects. And and you just tapped right into the the conversation that we're going to be talking about with this week's blog. And I don't see these ahead of time, so this is kind of funny that this is the topic I choose. Right. So this one is by a staff blogger, Melissa Dittman-Tracy, and it's called the 2022's Hottest Paint Colors. Ooh, okay. So we're rough to paint. And we've always said that paint is one of the simplest or easiest, you know, a really entry-level do-it-yourself project. Right. And it's just paint. And if you do it wrong, you can wipe it up or paint over it. Mm-hmm. It's really forgiving. It is. So let's see. The article says, browse here for the colors of the year from the major paint firms, helping you to inspire your next paint project. <clears throat> All right. So each year, paint firms offer up their top pick for the color of the year that will freshen up interiors and exteriors. The overwhelming favorite hue for 2022, green. Green? Green and all shades of it. Okay. Besides the greens, some of the paint firms chose bold color pops to add more memorable marks on their interior. All right. So, bare paint. Okay. Chose Breezeway, which is a silvery green, kind of with coastal vibes. Oh, a little bit of a light pastel sea foamy green. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, pair it with creams and those natural fibers as well. Mm-hmm. It Re- really goes good, you know, with the beachy beach themes. We might see this down in some of the lake house, like the small cabins and whatnot. All right. You can even include uh, in this picture from Bear. They did all of their trim work in that same uh, silvery green color. But you could certainly mix it up and do white trim, white casings, uh, white wainscot or beadboard. Mm-hmm. See the next one from Benjamin Moore is called October Mist. October Mist is another grayish green. I wonder if it's the same kind of grayish that we tried. It's it's a little bit more greener than that. Okay. More of the green, less of the gray, still mint. Okay. And a little bit of sea foam. But it's it's very subdued, you know, and it's like it, it looks gray most of the time, but when the light hits it, it uh, flashes into the green hues. Um, pairing that with kind of a subdued tapestry on their, uh, like, sofas and whatnot, so mm-hmm. a, a blue color, um, like a dark, dark blue, but having a, a texture of a tapestry for their sofas and pillows. Um, also pillows and throws that are in more of the, um, not, not heavy sea foam, but the mint color of green, you know, kind of blends with that as well. So that's, that's interesting. They say that goes good with farmhouse kind of decor. Excellent. Uh, the Pantone for the year is very Perry, which is actually a purplish, purple blue. Okay. With a little bit of a green to it. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting color. Um, the, the, let's see, the picture that they have here in the blog, I know they tried to make that Pantone very peri color, um, kind of have some depth to it, so some lights and darks in the picture, but the way they did it has come off as it looks like fur. Yes. You know, like, yeah. now like, that you mention it. Like, like what's the, the my feather cartoon? dusting? Well, well, Monsters Inc. Okay, yeah. You know, the, the big purple guy, you know, it looks like his fur. Teal. Well, okay, the, the big monster guy. Yeah, like that fur. Teal. But this is kind of what that reminds me of. I don't know about you. Now that you pointed it out, yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. Uh, Dunn Edwards, uh, they went with what's called Art and Craft. It's a warm, earthy brown. So we're into kind of the chocolates from them. So I probably shouldn't have painted the living room. You know, I I like that coffee chocolate. It just made the room look so small. It did. And and, um, that living room was paneled Mm -hmm. from floor to ceiling. And it really, it closed it off quite a bit. Um, going back again, we, we had our kickoff meeting over at the Hotel Mead, and I remember that they had painted the Timberland conference room in sort of this darker color. It was more of a gray yes. base than what we're talking about here, but um, here in the in the blog from Dunn Edwards, this color art and craft is, is very uh, milk chocolate, mm-hmm. you know, like a hot cocoa sort of, you know, with the- Like a coffee color. Yeah, but not not dark. Not, not like an a, iced coffee. There, there you go. Perfect. I had one of those from Cravings this morning. Mm-hmm. It was delicious, by the way. It is always very delicious. Um, so pairing that wall color with complementary and similar colored uh, window treatments, so drapery, and also going with wood that's stained. Mm-hmm. And has a uh, kind of satin finish, so satin polyurethane or or varnish. Those are all really good way of really using this warm, warm color. The next one is from PPG. We're back to the greens. Again, it's a grayish green called Olive Spring. Hmm. So it's it's more springtimey, kind of pastel. You think Easter eggs? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they call it, or they included olive in the name, so olive. Oh, excuse me, olive sprig, not spring. Olive, olive sprig. A sprig, a sprig. of an olive. Mm-hmm. So it it does have a little bit of of that grayish olive color, but not a deep version of it. it um, what they chose here is fairly light and pastel. Mm-hmm. It seems like we're going a <clears throat> lot more of those pastel colors. We're getting away from those more bolder. Right. Um, I personally think that the pastel palette is more calming. It's easier to be in that space. Mm-hmm. I just like them because it the light will bounce off of them mm-hmm. just a little bit more. It just makes that room look so much bigger and more inviting versus having those darker colors. I don't mind the darker colors outside the home. We currently have a coffee-colored house. Right. So, you know, keeping that outside um, and then complementing it with those pastels on the inside. Um, This particular example um, with that wall color, they're pairing it with a deep rust brown, almost rusty orange sofa, again with that same uh, rough linen texture of Mm -hmm. fabric. Looks really comfortable, actually. Uh, Some red chairs. They've gone with a uh, parquet herringbone floor in a light stain of of wood so that's kind of neat and white trim otherwise and really with the pastel colors i've been noticing they work really really well with a white trim and baseboard yes see the next one is from glidden it's guacamole all right i think we all know what color guacamole is yes this instance they're um, citing it as a bright festive green I'm not okay. a fan of guacamole, but this this green doesn't look too bad. It's a little bit less pastel than the other few. A little less pastel. I would call it Baby Yoda green. Yep. Um, we had that in our kitchen, and we just recently got rid of it because it was just time. Yep. 
but again, uh, very minty, guacamole, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit bold for our taste. Right. Uh, they paired this. Uh, looks like a bathroom scene. So the bathroom cabinetry is a dark, dark chocolate brown uh, wood finish and a white, looks almost like a composite or a Korean type top with a built-in undermount sink. Mm-hmm. Uh, simple fixtures help bring this together as well. Um, this looks like it does go good, again, with white towels, white linen, black fixtures perhaps. Uh, well, wrought iron would be good. Right. Um, and our last house on 11th Street, we had the green bathroom. Mm-hmm. That was looking really nice with, we did the green walls, the white trim, and then kind of the tan shower curtain. Right. And again, the kind of the tan sink, once we got that all straightened out, and it turned out quite nice. The blog now goes on to uh, two from Sherwin-Williams. Sherwin-Williams Primary is doing a grayish green called Evergreen Fog. Okay. Uh, More on the gray side of things, and so a little bit darker. Um, I think it's Battleship Gray with a hint of green to it. Oh, excellent. We love our Battleship Gray. I do. Yeah. Well, it was kind of interesting. Again, our 11th Street house, the back half of the house was Battleship Gray, and mm-hmm. the front house was Hotel um, Tan. Tan. I mean, it was like literally split down the middle of, right. you know, half and half. Um, this picture with the grayish green called Evergreen Fog, they've matched it with a medium stained wood coffered ceiling and medium brown tone leather uh, sofas and love seat. I think that goes well together. It does. The next one is from Sherwin-Williams, the HGVT, excuse me, Home and Garden Television, Home Line, uh, Illusion. It's a washed out indigo. So on the blue side of the gray palette. Mm-hmm. So that's also, they did this with all four walls of this bedroom. Uh, including they, the ceiling. Including the ceiling. I think they went just the next half of a shade lighter on the ceiling. That's usually the trend, how you paint ceilings anyway. But yeah, having the entire room as that one grayish green color, really, you know, it, it's enveloping, it's calming, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So if people want to get a hold of you to look at houses and whatnot, how can they get in touch? They can give me a call or send a text message to 715-323-2577. And if you're curious about listings in the area, head over to the internet, myrapids.com or mynacusa.com. Mynacusa. That's that's right. All right. Well, we look forward to talking with you next week. So you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day. Bye-bye.